For many of us, basketball is life. It provides athletic and character-building opportunities and bridges societal and cultural gaps locally, nationally, and internationally. That's the mission of the Basketball Embassy, and this is United We Hoop. everybody, this is Chris Dial uh, with the Basketball Embassy, and this is the United We Hoop podcast. I'm joined today by Coach Don Showalter. Coach Show, one of my favorite, favorite guys. Coach, how are you doing? Great, great, Chris, and uh, certainly happy to be a part of what you're doing here. Well, Coach, we can't, can't thank you enough. There's no way we could have a, an A-list uh, production like this without having you on. So, I, like I said, I owe you a couple of steaks and... <laughs> and a good glass of wine maybe after this. But um, I want to uh, just a little bit to our audience, you know, for those of you guys that aren't familiar, you, you've had your head under a rock somewhere, but Coach Showalter, um, by all intents and purposes, is kind of the primary architect of youth curriculum in the United States of America, and maybe more, uh, you know, pertinently known for leading our U16s every year. I don't, you know, coach has failed to lose a game so far. He's got, you know, enough gold medals to hang one on each finger. They're too heavy to do that. But, uh, and has just been a staple uh, for guys like me, you know, coming up in the coaching ranks. You try to latch on to the good ones. You find them and you, you soak up whatever you can. And coach, you've, you know, you've definitely been that for me. Um, and I've been so fortunate in the last four or five years to actually be around you and get in front of you and come out to Colorado Springs and bring a bunch of foreigners in to visit. And we've, we've had some fun. Yeah, it's been, it's really been, you know, the coaching profession itself uh, it certainly is an international uh, profession. I mean, we all have, <clears throat> I think we all have uh, uh, contacts around the world that, that we, we, we certainly enjoy, and, and basketball is, is a great sport international-wise, and we're all trying to get better. We're all trying to learn. I think that's what's so fun about, about the game. No, I agree, Coach, and you're, you know, I'll try not to just sit here and make it a, an hour worth of compliments, but you, you've embraced that concept maybe better than Anybody else in this country, I think for somebody that wears USA on your chest as much as you do, to still have kind of the foresight and the, uh, you know, awareness to appreciate all the dynamics of this game, you know, globally and how many influences we've got uh, abroad and how many people influence us. And you've, you know, you've managed to kind of hold on to some of those really fundamental, you know, principles that to guys like us, maybe they're black and white, but you've also managed to adapt, you know, and kind of continue to grow uh, within the game. So I think that's one of the themes that will probably come out in our conversation today a little bit. And we've got some coaches that will definitely be uh, tuning in and listening. And uh, so I think they'll really enjoy it. Um, Coach, I wanted, I do want to talk a little bit about, uh, rather let you talk a little bit about your path, uh, I think there's plenty of folks, um, you know, that get into your circle and they've been to your clinics and they've, you know, watched the videos and the ones that have been fortunate enough to get out to the offices in, in Colorado Springs, you know, they, you guys roll the red carpet out for guests like nobody. Um, 
but I don't know how many people understand what a true traditionalist you've been and, you know, roots going back to Iowa and high school basketball. And coach, can you just share a little bit about your path in basketball? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, my, my path, <clears throat> I always, I, I try and tell young coaches, you, you, you really don't can try to connect the dots ahead of you because you never know what's going to happen in, in, you know, in your basketball career, uh, how, where it takes you, all those kind of things. So um, as I look back, I can, I certainly can connect a lot of dots in my basketball career. And, and, you know, I started out as a young coach right out of college, played uh, NAIA, NAIA basketball, had a great time at that level, loved the game. Uh, I knew I was, I knew I wanted to coach ever since I was elementary. Uh, I just knew that's, a passion I had. I loved the game of basketball. Uh, and then as I, you know, progressed in my playing, uh, you know, the reality sunk in. I wasn't going to play professional basketball. So, so the next best thing for me was, was to coach it. And right out of college, uh, as a young coach, I coached a small high school uh, for a couple of years. And, and, and as I think a lot of young coaches, they think they know a lot and they get it right into that first job. And by golly, they're going to turn things around. If it's not a very good job and, they had, and, the, and the school hadn't been many wins uh, under their belt, you know, as a young coach, I said, well, this is going to be great for me because I can come in and win right away. And uh, I found out I, I was humbled right away. So <laughs> I, I remember those two years, but it was great experience. The, the school I went, went to had not had really been struggling for a couple of years. In fact, they hadn't won a game for a couple of years. And so for a new young coach going into a situation, that was a good for me, that was really good. Uh, whatever I did was was uh, deemed uh, deemed on the right path, and and then uh, after two years, I went to another high school that had a great basketball tradition, and then now to go from building one to keeping one going was I found out a little bit different as well, um, and then I went back to my alma mater. Uh, I spent ten years at, at outside, and I always said I was not going to go back to my alma mater. Uh, that was not something I wanted to do, but uh, just, you know, how things change and uh, getting our kids back to, to grandparents and uh, people I knew around that area. I said, well, we'll go back for three or four years. And 28 years later, I was, I was still there. Uh, so that was a good move. We had a great basketball tradition, great basketball program. Uh, and then I ended up uh, at, at a larger high school in Iowa City, uh, a very diverse high school that uh, really challenged me a lot as a coach, uh, which I super enjoyed. So I had really a lot of different experiences uh, getting there. And then uh, uh, I started working with, uh, started coaching with USA Basketball in 1998, uh, while I was still coaching high school basketball during this time as well. But uh, Milt Newton, who worked with USA Basketball, who's now the assistant GM for the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, I got to know him pretty well. And and uh, he liked what I did, and he, he uh, asked me to coach uh, our Hoop Summit game in San Antonio, by the way, Chris. Uh, yeah. That was during the Final Four. And I so, uh, of course, that was a tremendous uh, experience for me. Uh, we had a guy by the name of Richard Lewis, who, who was from Texas, a great kid, uh, still a great person I keep in touch with. But uh, we – we met a we met a, a German floppy haired nineteen year old uh, that <laughs> year by the name of Dirk Nowitzki, and yeah. uh, 
we we held him to 35 points, I think, and about 25 rebounds, Chris. So that was that was his coming out party. We uh, he really at that time, you know, we didn't international uh, at that level. International kids were not really uh, scouted that much, or, or so that was his coming out party. He got drafted high, and of course, the rest is history with his. So that was my first induction into USA basketball. Uh, the next year, I. Had a chance to coach the McDonald's All-American game, which was held in Ames, Iowa. And then USA Basketball asked me to serve on some committees. And, and uh, we, we actually had some festivals during that time between 98 and 2009 uh, that brought in 40, 40 top high school players in the country, LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony. And we'd have a mini Olympics, north, south, east, west uh, type of thing. So I... I coached in that, served on the committee that helped pick players and coaches for that. Uh, so got to so stay involved with it. And then in 2009, FIBA started the U16, the new junior national team, U16 and then U17. And uh, uh, USA Basketball asked me to coach in that, which, which I did since then. So that's kind of my path, uh, a little, yeah. long, little longer stated. But uh, uh, as a young coach, you, know, you, you kept your doors open. And, and one thing I want to mention to young coaches is, is, you know, they, I always get questions about, Hey, you know, I'd like, what can I do to coach at the next level? Or, you know, I want to be a division one coach or I want to get to the NBA or, uh, or I want to be a head high school coach. Uh, my, my first response is, well, you better really do a good job where you're at. You know, if you don't do a good job where you're at, you know, you're not going to get a lot of chances to go from a, head ninth grade coach to a head high school coach. If you don't do a good job of where you're at the ninth grade level and, and it just goes up the line. So uh, I really, that's one, one advice I give to young coaches all the time. You know, cause I think too many coaches, uh, young coaches, they, <clears throat> they want to fast track themselves. They want to jump, you know, they, they want to jump over uh, rungs in the ladder to get to where they want, think they want to go. And, uh, Many times when that happens, it's not, a, it's not, a, uh, it doesn't pan out for them. So, you know, you do a great job of where you're at, where your feet are, and then uh, people notice and you'll get other opportunities. Absolutely. Uh, and coach on that too, you know, I've been around you enough and um, we brought, you know, some foreign delegations over and we've had within those delegations, you know, we've put delegations, our friends from, Mexico are going to be listening to this. Our friends from Belarus, you know, um, we've had, you know, a handful of, of groups that have come out to visit there at the facility. And it's always funny to me to watch because we've got, you know, maybe we've got 12 uh, coaches representing this country and they will be everything from on the senior level national team down to a youth coach in some rural, you know, part of the country. But we'll come see Don Showalter and they're out there and they've got their stuff they're ready. You know, and everybody's excited. I'm excited, you know. And you'll come out there, drop a couple of, you know, sort of life-changing nuggets on them, and then you'll demonstrate a drill. And I think some of the expectation, even especially here in the United States, is, well, I've got Don Showalter in front of me, and I'm about to get some incredible Swiss Army knife drill I've never seen before. It's going to win me a million games. And you come out, and we're doing jump stop work. And everybody's still really excited, but they're like, hey, I, I know this. I know this drill, you know, a little bit. Yep. And, and it takes them a minute, but then they start to understand 
you know, the brilliance in that, which is, you know, it's not, it's not the perfect drill. It's just doing the drill perfectly, you know, and you, you've always, you know, it's, it's always funny. We, you know, talking to, you know, RC the other day said to tell you hello. And he, uh, it's talking about pop. Pop gets these guys out there every year. The first drill they do is this full court stop yeah. <laughs> drill. Drives these guys crazy. He said Tim Duncan for 19 years, yeah. rolling his eyes at this drill. But talk about you know why why that's important when you're you know you're talking to these young coaches a little bit. But I think it goes for everybody. I think a businessman, an entrepreneur, you know, a banker, a, a doctor, maybe could all appreciate not escaping you know the fundamentals. You yeah. know not skipping steps yeah you, you raise a good point chris and, and i'll go back to and I, i've had the opportunity to speak at you know for for business organizations and as well but i go back to uh as a young coach uh, um you know i was i was probably motivated to learn the game from you know obviously the best and so as a young coach i Right out of college, I wrote a handwritten note to John Wooden. And for those guys, uh, that, you know, all over the world that don't know who John Wooden is, he's a former UCLA coach, greatest coach of all time. And so I wrote him a letter to say, hey, I, want, I would like to work your camp, be a counselor, whatever. And a uh, handwritten letter and, uh, and send it off, seal it and send it off. Didn't think I'd ever hear back from him. I got a letter back from him about two weeks, handwritten by Coach John Wood, and says, uh, we were failed for this year, but I'm going to pass your name on to the guy who, who does our hiring. And, uh, I thought, well, at least I got a handwritten note back from him. I'll probably never hear from it again. Uh, well, two weeks later, I get a, get a note from, from uh, Chris Smith, who organizes the camp, said, hey, we, we, we need a counselor. Uh, would you like to come out? And, of course, I jumped to the chance. So that was my first introduction to, to coach Wooden and his camps. And I think from that, then I worked his camps for about 25 years. And yeah. so I, I think from that aspect of it, I really learned that the game uh, is really a simple game taught well. And, and, and uh, it's, it's funny because you mentioned Chris that, you know, I'll speak a lot of international clinics and, and I think coaches are, are wanting this, this one drill, this one, this one big, offensive set that's going to you know change what they do well there's nothing like that it just isn't like that so I, I think working John Wynn's camps made me understand that you know simple drill taught well is really the way to go it's really how you teach the game of basketball and, and I, I also understood that uh, as years go on it's not really what you teach you know, we all we all have different players and programs so it's not really what you teach with your players it's how you teach it and so uh, I'm very you know I'm very when I when I go out and work camps and stuff you know it's very it's very much how the game is taught not so much what it's taught what what is taught and uh, I keep going back to that so I think you know learning from coach Wooden obviously was one of those things that propelled my uh desire to teach the game the right way, uh, to really teach it simply. But like you said, Chris, there's, with a lot of things, I mean, there's no easy way to get where you want to go, uh, but with, a, you know, with a stamp of a finger or, 
or whatever. It, it's a process, and and you have to really enjoy that process. I, yeah, I completely agree. I, I, I try to remind myself daily, you know, <laughs> if I got there without difficulty, I'm probably not there, you know. <laughs> I, I think I'm there, but if it was easy, I'm not there. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, you you know, coach, and you make so, so many good points. And, you know, we talk about this game, you know, often from that teaching standpoint, it's, I mean, basketball is probably the most overcoached and undertaught game on the planet. You know, everybody's coaching, uh, but teaching is different, you know, and, and you've got to, you know, you've got to know your learners too. And that's, what's always been incredible to me. People I'll, you know, I get in all these different circles all over. Some of these guys know you personally, some of them never met you, but act like they do. And <laughs> they'll make comments like, Oh, shows, you know, 70 some odd and oh and international play but look who he's coaching I mean these guys couldn't lose if they tried and I'm thinking well that's spoken like a true armchair quarterback <laughs> over there <laughs> yeah there's a there's a lot more to it um but you know you get these guys you you ran through some of those names I don't I don't know that people understand quite you know when the NBA draft pops up those top you know players a lot of those guys have played for coach show and a lot of those guys have represented you know at, at a at a youth level uh since 08 09 you know and so when you get a group of talent like that there's some egos in that gym you know even at 15 16 years old how you know what are some of the things that you're cognizant of when you're trying to get these perennial super talents you know potential pre-madonna you know some of that stuff's not fair because some of these guys coming in they're just the most incredible most coachable kids but they've got the potential to have an incredible ego most of them have been told from day one that they're better than everybody else how do you get them to do a jump stop pivot draw on day one and actually <laughs> you know? yeah yeah that, that's a great question i think you know when you look at uh coaching itself i think that uh uh, first of all, I think there's a there's got to be a trust factor between players and coaches, and and to me that's probably the number one, the highest standard you can get is is, is trust, and uh, players by the core of themselves, players want to get better, they they really want to improve, and so if they if they know that you as a coach are working to make them a better player, I think that they have that attitude that, uh, that you know what, this, this is going to be good for me. And regardless of who they bring, you know, they, some, some of the guys have, uh, have a lot of people in their circle. Some are very, have a very few people in their circle. But generally speaking, these, the, the, the circle of friends they have really don't tell them the truth. You know, they're, they don't speak the truth to them because they all tell them how good they're going to be and, and how great they are and, and how much money they're going to earn down the road because they all want something from the player down the road. And so I think they come to us, and I think after, after a bit, the players understand that, you know what, we, we don't want anything from them. We're, we, we're completely transparent. We, we're only trying to make them a better player. We don't, we don't want any accolades for, for coaching them. We don't want any, you know, money down the road. We're not into it for anything other than making them a better player. So I think that really kind of peels away the, 
the uh, skin of what's going on. And, and once they once they see that, I think they're really very very open uh, to whatever we do. And you're right. You know, we'll start out the first day, first practices. We're doing we're doing jump stops, pivot jump stops, and uh, uh, they're having a great time with it. And, and um, you know, they're they're really buying into the fact that this is part of what what we do. So um, the Eagles, you know, it's surprising, Chris, when you said that the the young players, you know, they they come in with some Eagles, but they're also a little unsure of how good they really are, which, you know, you think, oh man, they, you know, that's, that's unusual, but you know, they, 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 they're, uh, they read about people, the other players, or maybe they played against them in a, in a, in a game or two, but they're really unsure how they compare with the other really good players. Right. And so when they're all together in one group, sometimes their egos are a little fragile, um, yeah. and, uh, you know, and so, uh, you know, we have to, as coaches, you know, we have to help them understand that, you know, that uh, we're going to tell them the truth. You know, right. we're going to tell them, here are things you need to work on. Here are things that uh, maybe are, are, are you're really good at, but here's things that you need to work on with that. So uh, it, it's, a, it's quite a process, really, Chris. I think the first 2009, we had guys like Brad Beal, Andre Drummond, Quinn Cook, uh, Michael Gilchrist, that group. Uh, and that was our first, I mean, we, we were, we were really stupid. <laughs> I mean, we just didn't, when I say that, we didn't know, you know, we just didn't know who we had, you know, how good the players were. Cause we, we really hadn't a clue because we didn't have uh, much to go on, but uh, we were very fortunate to get really good kids and good players. So uh, I always, I always remember, uh, you know, Brad, saying stuff like, man, this is really, this is really fun to play with, with these kind of players. Right. And so, you know, he, even though he played in St. Louis and won a state championship, he was not, he didn't play with other really good players. So I, I think just it, that, that fun part of it for them was kind yeah. of a new level for them. And uh, we've, we've, you know, tried to take that through with, with all our teams. Right. No. And I, you know, I don't think people realize how difficult it is to take, you know, an international play, you get a team like that. I mean, we're talking from selection to your last game is a very tight window. And, uh, you know, when I got into coaching internationally and, and national teams and going to these tournaments, these FIBA tournaments, it, I, it was a whole new appreciation for these staffs because you've got to do in a very micro cycle what most of us struggle to do in a macro cycle and build an identity establish an ethos you know get guys on the same page that build that trust the relationship and then you got to go out and make shots you know and it's not the easiest thing to do in that short amount of time and, and i always <clears throat> uh, i don't mean to interrupt you chris but no. i said that you know uh as, as i look at international teams i mean there's really some really good players in the world and I know we have a lot of international coaches who are listening who have and a lot of close friends of mine are international coaches have done a great job of coaching the game in international basketball and so having said that you know we have to make sure that that we put on it we put a great team together not great individuals right well we've had some we've had some really uh 
conversations, hard conversations about not taking a player uh, for in our top 12 who, who ends up being a third-round draft pick. Right. But, you know, they didn't fit what we needed as a team because if we're going to beat the Spains and Turkeys and, and uh, Frances and Argentinas of the world, we need a team that's going to play together, not a group of McDonald's All-Americans. Right. And, and there, there's a big, and there's a big, huge difference. Uh, sure. With those two. There's some growing pains there. I mean, our senior group kind of went through that a little bit, realizing that it's not the 12 most talented. You got to have guys that are going to do their job. And if everyone does the same job in basketball, it, it doesn't work that way. You got to have screen setters and rebounders and, and energy guys and guys that'll hit the floor and guys that take pride in guarding somebody and, you know, out rebounding their position and, you know, setting hard screens, those kind of things. And sometimes those aren't the most talented guys. They're just the guys that do their job better than everybody else, you know? Uh, a great example of what you just said, Chris, and you made a great point that, you know, you kind of have to find players that, you know, do, do their role really well. So they haven't, we talk about an ego, they have an ego doing their role really well, whether it be rebounding or whatever it is. Right. So that's a great point. And, and uh, you know, we've had great examples. I mean, we, uh, Jalen Green this past, you, you, uh, uh, 2018, or, which is our last U17 tournament, uh, since we didn't have one this past summer, but, you know, he's, he's going to be in the G League, probably the top two draft choices. We, we actually brought him off the bench, uh, and he was, ended up being MVP of the, of the whole world. But, right. you know, we approached him from the standpoint of, of you know, we're going to be a better team when you come off the bench because you're going to give us that extra needed uh, uh, scoring we need coming off the bench. Right. Uh, and, and he ended up playing, obviously, more minutes than anybody else. But he, along with Colin Sexton, was the same way. Uh, Jason Tatum didn't even start a lot of games for us because right. those guys really understood what it was to be a team. And, right. and they, they knew that them coming off the bench playing starter minutes was going to be more effective to us to win the game. And I, and I always said I, I give international coaches and teams a lot of credit because I've always said that international teams, if you would put, take their best five players and play our best five players at the U17 level, and not sub, uh, and Chris, you probably heard me say this before, but it would be a, it would be, we wouldn't win, we wouldn't win every game, you know, right. maybe seven, six or seven out of 10. Absolutely. Five, but when we bring our next seven in and they bring their next seven in, that's, yeah. that makes a difference, such a difference. And that's where we, we, yeah. we have a big advantage. So, uh, you know, getting kids to buy into their roles and, uh, is, is something that, I think has, has really helped us and, and, and same token has helped the players. Uh, you know, we have guys like uh, uh, Jabari Parker, who was the number one high school kid out of, out of, you know, he played for us and now he, he comes back. I still have a really great relationship with him. He comes back and often says how the things he learned with USA basketball uh, carry, carry him today at the NBA level, you know, cause now he's, Sometimes he's a part-time starter, part-time right. off the bench. His roles have changed a lot, those kind of things. Uh, you know, obviously he's making a lot of money. He's been in the league a long time. 
But yeah. uh, the things he learned from, from USA Basketball has really helped him. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's such an incredible experience for these guys. And they get to be around, you know, you and your staff. And you've always got a great group of people around you, professionals that are pouring in. And I think, you know, Coach, you made a, another great point. It, it, you said it earlier. You, we were talking about ego with some of these guys. I, you know, there's obviously going to be insecurities in, in the gym with a bunch of 16-year-old young men. I'm 41, and I'm insecure. Young, it's not – it's not like they got it all figured out. And so, but I think, you know, I hope the guys I'm coaching that, you know, our lady of the lake here are, are listening because when you've got guys that you mentioned like Jalen green, like, you know, Jason Tatum, these guys that are coming off the bench, you know, doing their job and seeing what it is to be a part of something bigger than yourself. Then that's when you, to me as a player, you really get dangerous because you're not going to be affected um, by changing variables. You're not, you know, there's a, there's a weakness in that if, if you let things like that affect your play. Um, and so, you know, like mentioning Jabari, if he's the same player coming off the bench or starting, that just probably indicates that he's going to, he's coming to get you regardless. And he's not going to let that mental part of the game, you know, shackle or limit his, you know, effectiveness. So it's, it's a great lesson, you know, for, for players, especially on that journey. Um, Coach, I want to talk a little bit about uh, USA basketball and the youth, you know, department. Um, we're, we're talking about the team, and that's, you know, we could talk about this all day. Um, but I don't think, I, I, I still think there's, I won't say a misconception, but there's probably a lack of understanding of what USA basketball is doing as a part of this ecosystem in the United States. You know, we got 320 some odd million people uh, we got hoops on every corner, you know, we got a basketball for every kid, rich or poor almost. Uh, we have the the greatest collection of human capital, you know, on the planet. And it's really hard to apply an infrastructure in in that scenario, as opposed to like, if you were in Slovenia, they got 1.1 million people. They're an A division team. They're putting guys in the pros. They have an assembly line. People are coming off that assembly line. They can all shoot. They can all pass. They can all, they all understand how to be coached. I mean, it's just being able to control variables, but youth USA youth basketball, your team in particular, and I've spent time with Jay and I've spent time with Andrea and that curriculum that you guys rolled out and made available and uh, the way that you've done it in terms of, not trying to strong arm our ecosystem, but really trying to support, you know, and, and assist. Uh, that's this, that is what created so much synergy for me and the basketball embassy to go, come on and align. Like, let's get on board with USA, but how do we help? Because this, to me, that's probably one of the most fundamentally important, you know, missions that you're leading right now is, uh, you know, let's, let's stress some of these really important things. So, can you talk just a little bit? And I know, I mean, that manual is lengthy and there, you know, the gold standards are there, but, you know, if you could maybe summarize coach a little bit for, especially people abroad, but there's people right here in the States that don't understand what USA basketball is trying to do in our youth uh, with coaches and players. Can you talk just a little bit about that? Yeah. And, and Chris, you, you really made some great comments there with, with what we're trying to do. <clears throat> Uh, let me let me go back a little bit. Uh, our 
our youth division was established uh, and, and Jay, Jay Demings that does a tremendous job with our youth division as far as vision. You know, what, what's our vision for our youth division? So uh, basically our USA basketball from its inception uh, as a national governing body was only to make, to, uh, make teams to win gold medals. And that was our number one goal. And uh, as it expanded, as FIBA expanded with the junior national team in 2009, uh, it went, we, we went a little younger with, with 16 year olds. Now I, places like Europe always had U16, U15 competition, U14 competition, competition. So that was, that was not really new to them. For, for us in America, it was really new. And when we started, when FIBA started the, the junior national teams, it, it probably did, it probably kick-started what we wanted to do. Um, and in 2014, 15, uh, Jay was hired as a, our youth division uh, director. And this was completely something new. Jim Tooley, who's our CEO, uh, again, had a tremendous vision for what, basketball, what we should be involved with basketball. And, uh, you know, we could have went just as easy not have a youth division. We could just went on getting players for, for try to win gold medals in competition. But uh, being the national governing body, we felt there was a real need for us to, to make a stand on teaching the game of basketball to all levels. I mean, because the – we're, we're talking very, very small percentage of players in the national team circuit. So how do we reach all the other play, you know, all the millions of kids that play basketball? So uh, the first thing we did, and I was a part of this before I ever started full-time with USA Basketball, but 2015, we, we developed a curriculum. And uh, this curriculum is, by the way, the curriculum is going to be uh, put out in hardcover and be able to be purchased um, through a lot of different places. So coaches that are listening uh, can purchase a hard, hard cover to it and, and have it and access to it. And coach, um, don't, don't lose your train of thought. And, I'm, but, and, I, and I know better than to cut off Don Showalter, but I got to tell these coaches that that is going to be a, a, uh, as good of a purchase as they can make. I, I've seen it, obviously. I've spent some time. And it's just a, it's a great guidebook on, on how to prioritize almost like a, for a teacher, your lesson plans, you know, and there's age appropriate workouts and it's, it's solid. And I don't endorse stuff. That's how I keep myself in people's living rooms and eating their steaks. But this is something I think is definitely worth it. So keep going coach. Yeah, I know. I appreciate that, Chris. I'm glad you had that into it. Um, so the, the curriculum is, is, uh, you know, basketball has been in existence in the States since 1891. That's when it first was, first was uh, organized by, uh, in Massachusetts and, and uh, developed as a game. And throughout that time, a lot of things have happened in the game of basketball. And a lot of it's, some of it's, some of it has not been very good. And so what I always say now, we're trying to make up for, 40, 50, 60 years of some kind, sometimes bad basketball, how it's taught, whatever. So 
you know, that's not, we're not going to do it in a year or two or three or four. It's going to be a, a long process in the other direction. But uh, our curriculum is really based on, on teaching kids the right way. And so coaches that go on our website, usab.com, uh, they can, they, without having to get a license, a, a, a gold license, they can get the introductory part to our curriculum, which is just, just teaching young players. We find out a lot uh, that in order to teach young players, it's not, you're, you're not teaching a seven, eight year old like you're teaching a 16, 17 year old. And so uh, a lot of coaches, you know, teach the parent, an ex player, has a group of kids, it's seven, eight year old, it's a community effort. And they're trying to teach the game in a way that the kids are certainly not having much fun at, but not much success at. And if they're not having fun and success at that age, you're not going to stay with it. So our goal with, with uh, our curriculum is to have kids have fun at it, stay with it, and eventually down the line improve their skills. So uh, our curriculum is based on four different levels, introductory, foundational, advanced and performance, uh, not necessarily age group, but skill development group. Uh, I always say that if you think you're a pretty good coach, high school coach, uh, or a college coach, coach a bunch of nine-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> then you'll find out really what kind of coach you are and what yeah. you have to emphasize and how to organize the groups and, and what drills to use that, that they can do and be successful at. So uh, our curriculum is really based on four levels, and it's based on advancing from one level to the other. So our introductory level is just – a community type of kids who are just, hey, let's have, let's have, let's get together and do some basketball and have fun at it. The number one goal with that level, ages five, six, seven, eight, is they better have fun. They better have a great time playing basketball uh, because if they do, then they're going to stay with it. And then they get into a little higher level, probably middle school, 13, 14 uh, level, where now they want to be a little better players. So now instead of just that little community group, they want to be part of a club team or a school team or whatever. And we, we progress in our teaching. And then we move up, obviously, to the high school level and the junior national team level or collegiate level. So there's four distinct uh, levels that we think are really important to be taught uh, in our curriculum. And, and we find out coaches at, at all levels are not – really are not tuned into how to teach the game at a certain level. And so that's what we try and do. And we, you know, I, I go all across the country uh, really trying to uh, educate coaches, but also we work through a lot of groups, Chris. We work through uh, boys and girls clubs. We work through YMCAs. We work through junior, national, junior NBA teams. Uh, we work through CYOs, large groups that have large groups of coaches. And, uh, and really just, just kind of teach them what is the best way to teach skills uh, in a progressive way. In other words, you know, I'm not going to teach a seventh grader uh, uh, double between the legs, reverse pivot, uh, right. running hook shot. You know, how, do, how do we progressively teach uh, right. skills? And that's, that's really what our curriculum is based on. Uh, that's awesome, Coach. I think that's a good uh... – 
you know, summarization of, of what you guys are doing. I, I've told you this in complete uh, transparency. I probably said it a little too early in our relationship and maybe risk you telling me to jump off a cliff. But I remember going overseas, I think the first time in 08, and I'm working with the Turkish Federation, you know, some friends of yours, Dr. Amir Taram's out there, got oh. me sweating in Diyarbakir. I'm on mountaintops. I'm on the northern Iraqi border and Syrian border working with Kurdish kids and all okay. But I remember thinking in that time that I was like, man, this federation is doing some incredible things. You know, Turkey's not small. They got 83 million people and they're, man, they're a grassroots program. And it was such an honor to be around it. But it was also, I was like, what is, is USA basketball doing this? You know, and that in my mind, you know, I was going through that. I was like, I don't, you know, and I wasn't super familiar. So I get back here and do a little digging and I couldn't find that curriculum. You know, I couldn't find, um, that outreach and it was like you said in in 2015 you know 2016 is about the time that i started you know bugging you and and bugging jay and bugging andrea and i you know jay and andrea came down to san antonio and they're in some little south side gym you know doing their presentation and i'm up in the back sitting up against the wall and i'm just thinking my there's like 28 people in that gym sweating it out here in san antonio i'm thinking every single youth coach in our community needs to be in this gym. Like everybody needs to be seeing this. And that's when I really was just proud. I was like, man, USA basketball. Now they're, they're doing what some of these federations have made it a mission to do. And, uh, and I still, I, I still don't think our youth ecosystem has completely caught up with that yet. I don't think they completely understand and you guys have made it simple. I, I think a lot of times, you know, I work with a lot of these summer league coaches and these, you know, mom and pop all-stars and they're great people, but I'm like, you are over here trying to reinvent the wheel, doing all this stuff. Hey, you got an organization that's behind you, uh, ready to support you, going to make you look good in the long run and uh, is doing it in a progressive, well thought out way. And so uh, I continue to run around, man. Coach, I wear my USA gear all the time, and I tell these guys, you got you got to get on the website. And shoot, if I'm a foreigner right now, I'm on that website too. I'm looking at what's USA doing. We're number one in the world. I mean, we got to you got to figure out what are the best doing. What is Spain doing? What is Serbia doing? Uh, so I, there's just some great insight there, um, and I appreciate you sharing with us. Coach, we got a few more minutes, and you're a busy guy, and I know you've got 200 other people that are trying to get in your ear today. No problem. But I want to, uh, you know, just kind of as we sort of kind of get ready to sign off here, uh, we've talked about, you know, all of these different facets and dynamics of your career, how many countless coaches you've touched, players that you've got great relationships with. And there's a couple of these themes that sort of resonate, you know, the, the relationship piece, the trust, uh, but having fun, you know, and, and I think you said it, we're, you know, we're working with organizations whose job is essentially to help people fall in love with this awesome game. And uh, I've never been around you in a, in a conference room, a gymnasium or anywhere else where you weren't enjoying what you're doing. And I think that's important that, you know, people, people have got to love, you know, what they're doing. Um, so, I mean, as we sign off here, coach, I, I'd, I'd like to just throw it back at you and you've got a pretty 
wide variety of folks that'll be uh, listening, some of them watching this, and uh, just, you know, whatever you'd like to leave with us today, it, it just, uh, what you've already said has been, you know, incredibly meaningful. Yeah, you know, Chris, first of all, thanks for, for again, for having me on, because I certainly have uh, a lot of respect for what, what you've been doing in the game of basketball. I mean, you, you have done a tremendous job, not only international-wise, but in the States and now with your podcast. I think, I think anything that we can do to help grow the game is going to be valuable. And, and we have about 40,000 coaches that are part of our USA Basketball License Program. Uh, but there's about a million, million more that we'd like to reach. Uh, and, you know, through this way, through these kind of means, uh, we're, we're do, we think we're reaching a lot of, a lot of coaches. I, I, and, and uh, you know, I, I go back to, to when, when I first started coaching, uh, how little I knew about the game of basketball, but how much I wanted to learn. And I, I still – you and I are very similar in this, that, that no matter how much we know, there's always much more to know. And, and the more we learn, uh, the, the better our players get. Our players can't really get much better unless coaches improve. And so I always say to coaches, you know, you, you can get a lot of stuff you need off of, uh, off the internet. You can get, a lot, you know, you can get drill after drill after drill. Uh, and I, I refer to what I said earlier. It's not what you teach, but it's how you teach it. So in order to learn how to teach things, I think you have to make yourself visible. You have to work, work basketball camps. You have to go, to go to clinics, go to academies where coaches are actually demonstrating how they do things. I think that's where you really grasp the, the how it's taught type of thing. And, and uh, you know, we've talked about this many times before, Chris, but you know, as young coaches, Sometimes we feel that it's just, hey, this is a good drill, we're going we're gonna to use it. Or this is a good drill, we're going to use it. Not knowing really why it's, it's, it's something we want to use. And, right. and so uh, these are all kind of things I think that as we, as in our curriculum, as we put together our curriculum, we're trying to help coaches understand the how and the why of things as opposed just to throw things out by saying, here, do this, do this, do this. And giving here's why you do it here's how you do it and that's right. really how that's really how we learn as coaches and and we're we're lifelong learners i mean there's no way that we aren't and so i encourage coaches that are listening go to our website usab.com you can if you want to get a gold license international coaches can also buy a usa basketball license they would act, have access to 250 speakers that have spoken at our academies they have access to our curriculum our curriculum is going to be in print here uh, probably within the, within the uh, next year or so. They can purchase that as well. So uh, a lot of great things happening. And we have learned uh, so much from the international game. Uh, I, I, when I started coaching international basketball, Chris, I'm sure you can – same way, I became a much better coach. Much better coach because I learned the nuances of the international rules, how the game is played a little differently. And I brought that back to my high school team and our junior national team. And we certainly became, I think, a much better overall uh, organization because of our relationship with, with some great international coaches. No, I, I completely agree, Coach. And that's, that's some darn show Walter mind candy right there. You're, you're sharing. But uh, 
Coach, I, I, again, I can't thank you enough. And I'm glad you added that in again about the international game. We, you know, a lot of times we're leaned on so much uh, in the international basketball community, you know, for, uh, you know, an example, because we, we do that pretty well, you know. Um, but we've, if, if we're wise about what we're doing, we're taking as much, if not more, uh, than we're given these days, you know, in, in the basketball world. And I think if, if uh, you know, it's not just coaches, it's administrators, you know, it's, it's uh, players, it's, it's anybody around the game, it's fans. I mean, it, it, if you can't take a, a page out of what's happening in some other countries, you're missing, you know, you're missing it. So, um, but coach, I, I cannot thank you enough again. I've, it's just nice to catch up actually this, this, uh, these have been pretty uncertain times and it's, it's, it's not like I can, you know, just hop on a plane uh, these days and, or vice versa as easily as we once could. So I look forward to those better days ahead. But in the meantime, coach, what you're doing is uh, it means a lot to a lot of folks and you probably hear it, but don't hear it enough. So, you know, from our network and our family, you know, in the basketball embassy, I uh, just want to say thanks for being you and thanks for continuing to pour into this game. Really appreciate it, uh, Chris. Uh, and, and like I said, these podcasts are going to have, a, have, have really some far-reaching, I think, effects on the game and how it's played and, and ideas and, and learning situations. So uh, you guys keep up the great work. Thanks a lot, Coach. Thanks for listening to United We Hope. You can find links to our guests and the Basketball Embassy in our show notes. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Basketball Embassy, and we're on Twitter at B-Ball Embassy. Our host is Coach Chris Dial. Our executive producer is Mary Ullman Jaffet. The podcast is recorded at Game Day Media Studios in San Antonio, Texas, USA. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.